This episode of the Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show. You mentioned the word trust. That is huge. Let's talk photography and let's talk videography. Like this is a number one when we when we start budget analysis. Those are the two things that you get to take with you once the event has finished. You know, you have probably a little bit more money for the photographer. I've heard that that's changing. I would rather make adjustments in other areas of the budget, whether that's flowers, whether that's entertainment. If that affords you the right cinematographer and the right photographer, let's prioritize this. For those who have never planned a wedding, like Godspeed, the venue, whether it's, you know, a photographer, a videographer, how many shooters are you getting? How many hours of coverage are you getting? What are the edits you get? These are not questions that couples are necessarily positioned to ask off the rip. Everybody cares about like in the moment, how do you feel? I want to look at an image and feel that energy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared. I'm here again with my co-host, business partner, and friend, Jason McCutcheon. Jay's in the house. What's up, man? How was your weekend? You know, this weekend it was rainy and um, so rainy. I didn't do much. I hung out with my kid. Yes. Played video games. This is my last weekend before I I don't even know. I think every single Saturday I have a wedding from here on out. Until Probably you die. Of, until I die, until pretty die. much. In October is when I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I luckily get a couple weeks off because I'm having a new human in June. A new but, model. But, you know, it should be should be a good season. But So today we have another wedding planner guest. And you know what's funny is, like, I love having wedding planners on the show. Even I remember before, if you don't know, before we were doing Wedding Film School, Jared and I had a show called Wedding Pros, and we were much more like an initially wanting to do like an industry podcast with filmmaking creative kind of emphasis because that's who we are. But we always wanted to have planners on and all this because like we're fascinated about what they do. We're They're pivotal to our business. And really like it's really interesting like – a wedding planner is really pivotal to like the actual film you make, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's fun learning about other parts of the industry. I think it makes you a better uh, teammate uh, to photographers, planners, whoever. Just learning about other parts of the industry. If you're just you know on videographer forums and if you're just kind of hanging out in your own space, then you, you kind of limit yourself, right? Yeah, you how... want to do the best you can, but it needs to be within the context of what they're doing, right? And not just like you know, yes. if you have commercial filmmaking skills and you go and you can't apply that in every environment, you need to know what their goals are. Yep. So this is a planner who <laughs> one of my favorite planners and someone I really care about and love what they do. This is Christine Kikorian from Cake Kikorian Events. How are you doing, Christine? Hi, guys. Thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And and Kristen, we've known you for feels like forever, forever at this point. Tell us a little bit about your background for some of our audience. Um how did you get started in events? What was your evolution into starting Cake Corian? Sure. All right. So um, 
I live and breathe for hospitality. I knew very early on this is a field I wanted to get into. I went to school um, at Boston University and graduated far too long ago that I care to admit um, from the school. 2010, she graduated. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly right. Um, From hospitality and started. That's a degree? It was a degree. Wow. It was a degree. It was a very small school within BU at the time. I think there was only like 350 students. Now it's grown, and I mean, gosh, there's like thousands. So it's become. Is a that hot where you commodity. get all your employees from? now? you could say interns. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I took that and I, I started on the hotel side. Um, career start at the Ritz Carlton. Well, it was the former uh, Ritz Carlton. It's now the O Palm Beach. Um, and from there, a few other properties. Um, one of my favorites was the Colonnade Hotel in, in Back Bay, Boston. Um, I was catering manager there for about four years. Tremendous experience, learning a lot of the back of the house operations, banquet event orders, understanding packages, what's included, what's not, all that good stuff was introduced to you fine gentlemen. Um, and then most recently was at the Boston Red Sox um, handling special events for them as well as at Fenway Park. Um, and that was a tremendous experience, very unique property, obviously a ton of different events. Um, and then in 2017, I finally had the courage to launch Cake Accordion Weddings and Events. And it is by far the best decision I ever made. Um, and grateful to have continued our partnership just in a different capacity. Yeah. We were certainly excited when you started your own business. We were like, finally, you know. <laughs> Thank um, you. Because, you know, we had worked with you at Fenway, you know. Mm-hmm. Did we work at the Colonnade with the? I don't think we've yeah, ever. I don't think so. Do they do events I don't, anymore? I think that we, I, I don't know if it, no. I don't think I've yeah. ever shot a wedding at the Colonnade. One of the coolest places in the world, though, is shooting a wedding at Fenway. And they, they don't that do a lot, cool. right? No. Like, but, yeah. uh, but when we did, it was like. It's fun. I think classic. we did one yeah. like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it seems pretty infrequent anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we were very excited and, and obviously have, have worked with you plenty, which is why I think it would uh, we thought it would be great to have you on. Thank you. Um, is to really talk about relationship with planners and videographers and photographers and just help our audience kind of understand, you know, what a planner is looking for. Kind of pick your brain a little bit sure. on just you know, best practices, not only on the wedding day itself. I think we put a lot of emphasis on the wedding day itself. Like, hey, you stay in your lane, whatever, you know, conversations we might have. But also, what does it look like leading up to the day, too? Yeah. And kind of having that relationship. Sure. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Very excited to have you on because I think you're one of the best. You're, you're you know, you. obviously been doing it uh, for a while now. So, um, but we want to talk a little bit about just general, like, trust right between trust. Uh, yes. photographer videographer and and wedding planner so um let's talk a little bit about kind of your process sure you know maybe start us off at the very beginning help us understand just when you get a new client what kind of your priorities are yeah um yeah leading into the the beginning stages of of the process sure So initial inquiry uh, comes in, and I'm a firm believer of having uh, a conversation, a very candid conversation with the couple right up front. Um, We talk about a whole slew of things, their vision, their hope for a wedding, their expectations of me as a planner, and then I share a little bit about my process and what I do, and we figure out whether or not it's the right fit. From there, once a contract has been signed um, and we understand um, that we're going to be moving forward, we've solidified the venue, 
uh, the date and so forth. Part of my job is to assemble the vendor team. Um, I should just back up and say, you mentioned the word trust. That is huge. Um, So I think that the trust begins initially with my interaction with the client and letting them know not only my qualifications as an event planner, they've certainly seen my work, whether it's on Instagram, my website, whatever it may be, that there's already an established amount of trust there where they will defer to me. Most of the couples that I work with defer to me on my expertise and the resources that I have. Um, you both happen to be one of our preferred um, cinema, cinematography companies. I mean, one of my first calls is always to you. I think it's fair to say that you virtually have very little interaction with the client uh, during our initial call. It's not until later into the process that we have an open dialogue, all of us together. Yep. Um, so one of one of the uh, services that we offer is budget development, um, and it's really important from the get-go, I think, to have an initial understanding of what the total investment for anyone's wedding is going to be. And part of what I do is I dig a little bit deeper into the elements that are important to the couple, and I help allocate those funds in areas that are going to be most impactful for them as a couple. What is most important to them? Um, Two of the things that are most important to me that I always suggest and something that we always approach first is photography and videography. Cannot stress this enough. Like this is a number one when we when we start budget analysis is let's talk photography and let's talk videography because essentially those are the two – this is the story that is being told. Those are the two things that you get to take with you once the event has finished of course, you're going to remember the energy of the band. You're going to remember your meal. You're going to, but these are the images that you get to keep for a lifetime. You can always go back to your video and watch it, even if it's a recap. Um, so that's something I'm pretty clear about contracting and 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 sharing up front to get that ball in motion. Yeah, you know, I always think about because um, I've heard that from a few planners and and just around the industry. I feel like that's becoming yeah. the more the way it's sold. But it is interesting, like statistically speaking, like I think it's like five to seven percent of someone's budget is anyone who gets video, it's about five to seven percent of the total budget. Maybe ten percent of the budget and the top end would be photography. And obviously that goes down the yeah. bigger the budget gets. Like, <clears throat> you know, you're not gonna have a well, I guess if you're Jose Villa, you might make sixty K on a wedding. But in general, you know. But it's interesting to me how much like if you're in this industry, how few people actually understand how much everything else costs except for themselves. But that's part of that's part of my job yes. is, yeah. you know, couples come to us and I, I have to say this and I'm not trying to plug planners here. But for those who have never planned a wedding like Godspeed, because there are so much about planning a thoughtful and meaningful celebration that they don't know. I mean, you get rifled off package after package after package and trying to dissect those across the board, whether it's the venue, whether it's you know a photographer, a videographer, how many shooters are you getting? How many hours of coverage are you getting? What are the edits you get? Is there drone coverage? These are not questions that couples are necessarily positioned to ask off the rip. They don't know. This is where we guide them. And I'll share with them, like if we're out in a gorgeous, you know, tented celebration, the one that we had in Sherbourne Hmm. last year, we talked about that. One of the things right immediately, because there were multiple tents on property and we wanted that overhead coverage, the property was super special to the family. 
we added drone coverage. Mm. They didn't even know like that that would have been an option to have had added. So um, again, we go back to the trust element, both you know client side as well as vendor relations. You know, we're working together to create these meaningful films that the couples will love. But even the process of like managing the budget, it's not this infinite budget. No. Like yeah. like like flower like flowers are a great example. If you bring up flowers, like to luxury filmmakers, like they're like, oh, big flowers means I'll get uh. paid, right? But if you bring up flowers to like a person, they're like, oh, they can't even give me five k, but they can spend twenty k on flowers, and they they don't understand like that the planner can't just make flowers cost whatever they want them to cost. So. So what's interesting about this, there's two things immediately that stand out to me whenever I'm working with a photographer or cinematographer. The two main qualities to look for is A, number one, that you're you're behind the scenes. You're very much, you're not right there with a the camera in their face. And the other thing is that you could take pretty much any design, any wedding, and make it look spectacular based on the angles and cuts that you are that you are capturing. So when I'm working with a couple, and that's no slight on the budgets and the investment, because I'm fortunate to work with couples who do have healthier budgets and appetites with what they want decor and design-wise. And it does not fall lost on me. Um, I'm very grateful to be able to design in that capacity. I know that's not the story with every couple. Um, however, it's it's important, and we've gone through this, Jason, like when we're shooting a room together or details, you and I, you know, a lot of times we're working together and I'll be like, did you get this angle? Did you get this cut? Because I know the couple works specifically, like we got those escort cards, there's hand calligraphy that's super important to them, you know, that was a special way of setting whatever it may be um, that we work together. That to was capture. their grandmother's exactly. font. Yeah. <laughs> Things that you would never know you unless would never you know. had communication. Yeah. But I think it's really important to also know I am willing, and I can't speak on behalf of all planners, but I am certainly one of them. And I'll put myself out there and say this, I would rather make adjustments in other areas of the budget, whether that's flowers, whether that's entertainment. Maybe you don't have like the live, you know, quartet for ceremony. Maybe we reduce it to a trio. Maybe we do a duo. Maybe we have a solo keyboardist, whatever it may be. If that affords you the right cinematographer and the right photographer, I always advise mm. let's make adjustments elsewhere. Let's prioritize this. Yeah. So I think videographers have always kind of had a little bit of like a, um, I don't know, a Napoleon complex when it comes to like photographer budget versus videographer budget. Traditionally, I've always felt like, you know, you have probably a little bit more money for the photographer and a little less money sure. for the videographer. Yeah. Do you, I've heard that that's changing. Like it, maybe it there's like a lump sum and, you know, uh, you split it maybe 50-50 or you change it depending on the couple's needs, right? That what the couple is expressing as important to them. Do you feel like things are changing in, in that way? Yeah. I do. And what I admire in particular about what you've done with your company is you've made it attainable for all, right? So you have Stop Go Love, which is, we do probably 70% of our business with Stop Go Love. But you also have this niche, this luxury market niche that is Huxley Film. You know, pricing starts anywhere between 10K and up, depending on the number of days of coverage, et cetera. So some, some of our clients want that. They want a more comprehensive story. They want the details the night before. Um, I'm inclined to say that absolutely, I think that cinematography pricing is matching photography. 
um, maybe ever so slightly, you know, just just under. But um, by far, you know, I think that it's it's important to have both. Do you find couples like when they? I think. Well, my first question. Yeah. Do you find couple? Most couples seem to understand photography, right? Basically, they do and they don't. What don't they understand about photography? They don't always understand. So, and this is interesting um, because I've taken the time. I I love photography. I love. I mean, clearly, you guys have seen me on <laughs> on wedding day. I love to offer like a little bit of guidance. Um, respectfully, I do. Um, but I think that they don't understand. There are so many different, like the lens type that you're having, the edit, the coloration of your gallery, uh, the number of pictures in your gallery, the edit time, the number of shooters, the number of hours of coverage. Those are all things I look for. I also look for the diversity in the candid images in every gallery now. Gone are the days of these like posy pose moments. Even gone are the days, and we talked about this earlier about you know the getting ready moments, like. Nobody really cares about that anymore. Everybody cares about like in the moment, how did you feel? I want to look at an image and feel that energy. Couples don't always know that. They don't know to ask for a full gallery, you know, so that they could take a look at somebody's work. What you see on Instagram, what you see on their website is their best work. Dig a little deeper. Um, so that's- Well, and they're getting, it could be T-ball with a good planner. Totally. Yeah. Like. Totally. Like, but in general, they're coming in there saying, "Hey, I, okay, we want wedding photography." Set question part two is: Do you find most couples are asking for wedding filmmaking, or do they need to be pitched wedding filmmaking? A little bit of both. A um, little bit of both. There is this sort of, you know, I know that you offer photography as well through through Stop Go Love, but. Um, those who are sole photographers, I've been asked often, you know, do they offer videography as well? I say no. I mean, uh, they're most often it's somebody who is a sole photographer and somebody who also focuses on videography, separate parties. Yep. Um, it's a rarity that you have a company that encompasses both, which you both do, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah. For us, um, though, it's it's very lopsided. It's like filmmaking. Like we both are filmmakers at heart. I just love photography, so it's like yeah. I can squeeze in a few, you know, to you know scratch that itch, sure, and like really give couples my full attention. And I'm only doing like five, a little bit, to eight, sure, a year maybe. Um, it's like a convenience for couples, but in general, yeah. like I'm prompting it. Yeah. It's something I'm prompting. Yeah, people nine don't... out of ten times I'm prompting it. Yeah. I I will have couples say to me, "Do we need a videographer?" Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. do they even know what it is? Like, because yeah. because I do think like most people. They have Instagram, right? They have they, they, they know how to interact with the idea of a photo, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, I want photos, mm-hmm. I take photos, mm-hmm. I understand fo- photos, and I want them. I'm not sure, like most, I think in the industry right now, it could be going up, but as of like two years ago, it was like 60% of couples got a filmmaker. And 98% booked a photographer. So it's like every single wedding, you're gonna have a photographer, and then you'll have, and, and I think our industry is always like, come on, how do we build this demand up? You also have a lot more short-term bookings. I think that people yeah. are what used to happen, certainly not, you know, not what I'm practicing now, but is we would slate videography if budget allowed toward the end. That has changed. That has changed at least with the way I operate. Um, that it's videography and photography are the two elements that we tackle first, hmm. and then we dive into the other components. So, but it used to be that way mm. for sure. 
How, how far out are, are people typically booking you? Like, uh, are you starting to have these kind of conversations? Is it like a year out, two years out? Like, what, what's your average? So it's funny, you know, post-COVID, totally the whole, the trajectory of planning has changed yeah. entirely. Um, and I actually am glad that we're ch- chatting about this. There's this this change now where I would say a year and a half out, two years out, it used to be you'd get you know hired a year out and you would get to work. I mean, I've had some engagements that are four months out and we've had full-scale productions, which have been phenomenally beautiful weddings. Uh, but on average, I would say a year to a year and a half, um, sometimes earlier. But there's almost this innate sense that couples have that they're already behind a year and a half out. Yep. And it it my heart breaks for them because it it really robs them of the opportunity of enjoying an actual engagement. Yeah, I, I like agree. planning is not a checklist. It shouldn't be a checklist. It should be a process that's thoughtful and detailed and meaningful and feels like it's the right choice for the couple. So I do my best. Yeah, sure. While there's, you know, some sort of urgency to assemble a vendor team just based on demand and what our industry has experienced over the past two and a half years, I really want them to feel like there are options and there's time. They always have time. That's something I love about our relationship as well is, you know, most often once we've secured the date, we sit idle, the three of us, you know, in terms of our communication around their wedding for at least, you know, six to eight months or however. And then four months out from their wedding, we start our, you know, our questions. Um, Thank you for not always making me fill out your worksheets. (laughs) My production (laughs) schedule answers those for you. Yeah, yeah. But that took time too. I mean, there was a level of trust there. Yep, yep. Well, and also just, yeah, communication. It's like, it's not automatic. People need to figure each other out. Well, and the reason why I ask you about that is, is just to establish like, look, like people are booking us like a year out. Sure. On average, probably at this point, maybe even like. Yeah, probably. Like I would a year say slightly less than a year. We have some people that, of course, are booking us crazy in advance. The people that are scared and they're mm-hmm, like, "I mm-hmm. feel like I'm behind." Yes, it's like two years away, dude. You have plenty of time. Um, yes, but on average, it's about one year. You probably have more of a relationship with these people because you've just started much sooner than we have. You've probably had a lot more consultations. Typically, we're having maybe one consultation, few emails back and forth. We're sending out – you're sending us your um, a PDF yep. before the wedding. Sure. We're ha- having a final consultation. We don't have the interaction that you have with this couple. So it's like you are really like the the, uh, you're the, the broker between us and, and the couple. We trust you to have the couple's needs in mind just because we have that kind of relationship, that back and forth. Um, I think a lot of videographers would be horrified to know like we – most of the time, like you said, don't have a conversation with the couple. I'm talking to you before yeah. the wedding day. And I'm asking a bit, a little bit about like, hey, you know, how do they like to interact with each other? Are they shy? Like, Or even like, would it, would they like to speak to me? Right, right. Like, if you're like, no, nah, they don't care. They don't want and to sometimes care. they do. And, here, yeah. and here's yeah. the thing is, what I think other cinematographers need to understand about sort of the beauty of this relationship is, um, first and foremost, there's no ego on on my side. I'm I'm not one of those planners that I don't want to I don't want to create a wall between you and the client. I certainly want you to have some rapport, or you know whether or not it's a few weeks leading up, or whether or not it's that day, and you've had some time beforehand before we get underway with like full production to have like a conversation, even if it's ten or fifteen minutes. But what 
what cinematographers don't understand is when a planner is brought on board, it is primarily because the couple doesn't have the time. They don't have the time. They don't have the ability to go through all the contracts, all the worksheets. I mean, if they filled out every worksheet that we are getting, um, so it's these are the, the conversations, the time-consuming conversations we offload for them. So I'm sharing with the both of you pertinent information that you need to know, whether it's family dynamics, whether it's a unique design element, whether it's like a really cool invitation suite, whatever it may be, if we have any surprise moments um, that you're going to that you're going to capture, I would say maybe every every so often we do have a couple that's like, hey, you know, I'd love I'd love to touch base directly as we're getting closer and and that, you know, I welcome that. Sure. In fact, I don't even I don't even hop on those calls anymore. I used to, you know, I used to be part of every single, you know, but yeah. again, we go back to the trust. Yep. yep. I know they're in great hands with you. I know you're going to ask them questions about just them. Yep. You're not going to dive into the logistics yep. that overwhelm them. Yep. You're going to come to me for that information. Yep. I feel like every time I'm having a conversation with the couple about logistics, when, when I'm not working with a planner, it's really just to set them at ease. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't need it. It's written down on a piece of paper. I'll be at the place at one o'clock sure. or whatever. I'll look through your schedule and be like, I have a question about this part. It seems like we're not gonna have enough time to set up or whatever. Um, but it's really just to set them at ease. With you, we're, I'm already at ease. I know the schedule is gonna be great. If I have questions, I ask you, I bring it to you. But then when I'm talking to the couple, I'm just talking like creative, Who's important? Like, what's yeah. your relationship with your mom like? You know, totally. How can we capitalize on these elements, which is which is great. It allows us to not waste time. So I was going to ask you, like, because I think it's I think it'd be nice for people to kind of hear a little, you know, behind the scenes of like this working of a working relationship, because I think a lot of people, if you're there's like the luxury, luxury, top of the top of the top, 1%. Sure. Everybody's like wanting these million-dollar weddings. And I've had a little interactions with those events. That is a whole other level. Sure. It's a different experience, including for the planner. Yep. Um, for everyone. Sure. I'm not sure everybody wants that. Definitely not everyone can have that. It's like there's so few people even getting married at that level. I do believe like what we're doing – I think, you know, it's it's in the top 1% of weddings, but it's not inaccessible. People can make films and work in a market that we work. And and so myself, and I don't know about you, you're probably going to ascend past us soon. No. So, 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 but like, I think it's interesting for people to know like what it's like to actually work. So I think we should talk specifically, and maybe we talk a little bit about that BTS we did on our channel. So if you're listening, you can go watch this. Kristen was the planner on a uh, wedding we yeah, did in February, in February yep. 2023. Yep. And um, so we did this BTS video. And, like, that's a really good example, Jared, of, like, a typical Kristen Krikorian experience on our end um, in terms of, like, this is what I'll describe. I think I've said this to you a couple of times, but very detailed timelines, right? She gives us, um, like, even like room layouts with graphical <laughs> like top-down displays of of what to which look. is great by the way I we love, love that. that yeah yeah because we can plan our lighting we can plan our camera angles it's awesome um, Kristen it. has um, like we did not speak to that couple I don't believe really um, it was like hey we I need you at this yeah, event no. nope. blah 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 
and it was at the Newport, which used Newberry. to be the, the Newberry, which used to be the Ritz Carlton. Um, they redid that hotel, um, and it was kind of just like everything that like make really beautiful reception, epic florals, kind of like even like the type of couple was I would say like the type of couple you typically work with. So I think it's a good one to talk about. So why don't we talk a little bit about kind of that schedule and that day? Like what were some of the things that they wanted out of that day um, that that maybe um, were unique to them? Absolutely. Okay. So interesting piece of this as well, and I should share this, is um, I had the privilege of not only planning their wedding, but I'm also planning the groom's sister's wedding that is upcoming this October that you both are shooting as well. And they're actually going through Huxley for that for that film. They are a fun family. So this family is dynamite, right? Like I met them. There was an instant rapport. Um, it started with the father of the bride, uh, then the mother, you know, mother <laughs> of the bride. That guy is really funny. And we just all became fast friends, which is really, and I have to say this, that's what makes me be, right? Like that's what makes me tick. I look for those relationships and then that trust, it just naturally organically strengthens and develops. Um, we brought you on board, which was phenomenal. Um, you did not have contact with the client. We chatted pretty much. We talked through the schedule. I knew that there were elements we had talked. I had talked many times with a couple about areas that were most important. For them, it was just having a big, big party. I, ironically, that wedding was slated to happen at the Four Seasons Hotel that underwent a major lobby renovation. We had to move the wedding from the Four Seasons to the Newbury. And when we did that, it's the first time the Newberry has ever had this blueprint, which I thought was so cool. As we took over the entirety of the floor, and we had dinner in the assembly ballroom. That's room. the first time they've done that. They should first do that time ever. Every time, right? Yeah, so great. such a cool layout. Yeah. Um. So we flipped. We had the garden room for their ceremony. They went out into the assembly foyer. Uh, greeted by all servers that lined that long aisle way with champagne and drinks uh, with a nice warm welcome into the assembly foyer. They had cocktails there. While they were enjoying cocktails, we flipped. We had a team over at the garden room flipping that into the after party space with a dance floor, band, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then they had dinner in the assembly um, so the format was different. They pushed 231 or 32 guests for that wedding. Um, so we knew that the format was something we definitely wanted to capitalize on. We had a um, trio lead them from dinner into the dancing um, area, which was a moment we definitely talked to you about capturing that as well. Um, the suites that they had while they were getting ready, again, we touched on that. We didn't really dive too deep, which, again, I go back to – sort of passe like nobody cares about like those actual you know the flat lay shore yeah. the, the invitation shore um but the dress i'd rather see it on the bride yeah, than yeah. on a hanger same, right same. <laughs> um and so even though we get the dress yeah, every time even though we get the dress know, like, i mean we'll get I it but it's not way. It's, it's, but i'd rather see it live and yeah. in, in real time yeah. happening on the person anything staged just is not it's not my style yeah. it's not my couple style yep. um and we align on that before we even get started so yep. Um, but you know, the first look was that location optimal. You know, it worked for for what it was. We had some last. Well, minute the changes. real question is, did the couple find? Were they distressed? No, they loved and I, it. That's the it question. It spoke to them. It yeah. spoke to them. It's what they wanted. They had a true, authentic downtown Boston wedding. Um, you know, the element of privacy, which was not 
filmed was really they had a private exchange of vows mm-hmm. before we had the ceremony. Yeah, because yep. that was a big thing. Like on the BTS in the YouTube comments, people were like, oh, that was the wrong location. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? And I remember thinking like, if you're asking me, you don't get these weddings. Like There's always a story behind it. Yeah. There's always a reason we're very thoughtful about where we pick those areas. That couple chose to have a private exchange of vows that they elected not to have photographed or videoed, which I respect emphatically. Well, yeah. So this is what I was going to say. Um, Jared and I knew this. Like, like we didn't even really speak about it. We were just like, okay, we knew that they wanted to do private vows. Yep. It's also Boston. If someone wants to do a first look in Boston, they know people are going to be there, usually. Like, even if you go to the garden, there's sure. people walking around. So there's really, like... The, when you're shooting a wedding in Boston, you don't, you're generally not trying to find a private place you're if they want to be outside. And I think that that's part of the magic of having a downtown Boston sure. wedding. Is yeah. you know when we went over to the Garden for some of their formal photos, you know people are cheering, clapping. It's exciting. It's yeah. exciting for the couple. Taking a shit in the back <laughs> of the photo. <laughs> but it, it's just like that is what it is. But the other thing is, is like, what are they going to value? If I created this private intimate moment for them they told me without telling me we're not actually that comfortable with that we're uh, when like when i'm gonna be revealing myself to my spouse like intimately and my emotions i want to they literally didn't want us to cover that like explicitly didn't want coverage of their vows i know someone who's doing something like that isn't wanting me to create this magical private moment for them they're wanting it to have like even like in their vows, they started out with rock, paper, scissors. Like I didn't know they were going to do that, but we read the room. Yeah. That's, That's what point. I'm saying is like when we got that edit, right? When we had your edit um, and we saw it, it spoke to the couple. You yeah. had a very, I, I hate to say public first look. I mean, it was a public first look, but it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a, <sighs> it's a, a public first. an yeah. awesomely charged first look, yeah. right? That was complimented by the clips that you got, which was the authentic moments in their ceremony of them playing rock, paper, scissor. Like yep. that's their thing. You don't want to take a couple and try to jam their schedule into exactly. your film. You want your film to work around their personality. And ideally, and this isn't always the case, but I would say most of the planners we work in, definitely you, because like you you trust us, we trust you. We know, hey, if, if this... If this, if she's saying, hey, we, we're going to go outside, we're just going to do it right out the door. Like, I, I'm assuming, okay, they must have, they must There's not find that this to be super important. So I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. just going to shoot what's there. And like, we're going to put our emphasis on the other things, the other parts of the day. And, and, and I think that's really interesting is like, how many filmmakers don't, really they don't work to get that kind of trust they also they don't know how to read the schedule correctly like they don't like jared how many times have i like said like this schedule's a problem oh not mine uh, <laughs> no. Well, no, even on yours sometimes whoa yeah even on yours sometimes but not for me I, well it's a problem if i want to do whatever i want to do it's Got not it. a problem to the couple yeah i'll say like well i'm not gonna be able to do x y and z I don't bring it up to you. I don't ask you to change it. I just do something different. 
And you make it happen. I just yeah. make it happen. But here's yeah. the thing is, I'm also the type of planner that's receptive to that type of sure. feedback, right? Yeah. Like, I'm a firm believer, do not clip the wings of a creative. Yep. If you have something that you think is going to add value, bring that to my attention. And if we can make it happen, we'll make it happen. But it doesn't necessarily add value. It just, it's it's my preconceived idea. It's not necessarily valuable. I actually find a lot of value in thinking differently. Yeah. So sometimes when you look at someone's schedule and you're like, all right, so they're telling me something. They're telling me what's important to them. Mm-hmm. What can I do that's important to them? Remember that couple, the Wano Club, a couple years ago? You know, I knew they didn't want to be portrayed in certain ways. Sure. They didn't, they, it wasn't overly important to them to have a bunch of portrait work, let alone stage portrait work. Correct. Yeah. Like, they wasn't, they didn't, like, we're shooting and they're like, okay, we're all set. Like, they, they, they're just, they're, they're done. They're, they don't, it's not important to them. But you took, we took those cues. Like yes. we took yeah. those cues really well. That's my point. And here's what makes a phenomenal, you know, videographer is you're not manipulating the narrative yes. to get the story. Yep. You're just telling the story with what you're given. And there's a big difference between the two. I had a wedding last September. I'll never forget this. It was not your company. The couple insisted on having this company that was based out of California. And I did not feel good about it. I red flagged it. I told them I don't think this is a good idea. You called me about it. <laughs> we I called you about it. We went we went forward with this company. We got back the clips. It was underwhelming to say the least. Well, I'll call the company out because we're calling them out all the time. Uh, on our no, don't call the company <laughs> don't out. Call don't call out. the company out. But let's talk about this though. Is the cameras what what I couldn't even the cam- the father of the bride is trying to give a speech and they have set up their cameras literally two feet from this man's position on the center of the dance floor. So all you could see from you he to- th- this company totally robbed the vid- the photographers of a beautiful shot. Well, that's a national chain though. That's a it chain. was a national chain. So we got the film back. The edits were underwhelming. And what did we have to do? I sent you the raw footage, and thank God you guys pulled together well, this beautiful. For all the filmmakers listening, the edit, which I don't blame the cinematographer for, because I'm not sure they actually seem to. They don't. They didn't do the edit. Whoever shot it didn't. Right. Edit. So whoever did the edit, um, actually just didn't include the A cam in the entire film. Yeah. So Never. like, they, so they shot this on like. Two like B and C cams that were like meh, kind of meh cameras, and then they brought an A7 IV, like a really nice camera. Not a single shot from the A7 IV was in there. And then the also thing is, whoever was doing the editing didn't know how to grade log footage. Okay, so to piggyback off of this, which I think is important to note, as an event planner, as somebody who sees a lot of weddings, maybe not my own, because I study a lot, I look at a lot, I see a lot. What separates a good from a great videographer as well is in the initial 10 seconds of that film, am I am I captivated? Am I do I want to continue to watch the rest? I can't tell you how many films I watch that open with this like scenic image that's heavy. It goes heavy real quick into yep. the ceremony with like vows and crying. And sure, there's sentiment and there's emotion, and it's important to capture that in some capacity. But I but let's also talk about the celebration piece of yeah. it, right? So maybe we start with the celebration. I just your films, what they say to me is that was an incredible, unforgettable night. And you tell the story with happiness, with all the emotions. There's all the emotions. Um yeah. 
but I think it starts with those first 10 seconds. Anyway, we did fix the film because the cinematographer did a decent, they actually did a decent job. They weren't as bad as it no, seemed. No, it wasn't horrible. But it just it was, was underwhelming. The, the total low touch of the company, the lack of yes. attention to detail by the people making the film and all that junk. And yeah. It, yeah. That you, you just, it is what it is. I would say, Book those people at your own risk. Yes. I, just to backtrack on, on kind of what you were saying um, before, Kristen, just I, I always think that people want to see themselves in their most idealized way. Sure. Right? Um, some people are going to want a film that seems super epic where they want to, us to capture them reading their vows and they want it to be heavy. Sure. Maybe throughout the entire film. I don't feel like that's most people. I feel like most people are like, Hey, we're going to throw a party. There's important things like naturally a wedding day has these romantic moments built in. They're committing to each other for the rest of their lives. There's like an inerrant, you know, romance to that um, that we want to get. But also we want to get the humor and, and we want to capture kind of whatever's happening. Not I like what you said is not force our will upon the day, force no. a narrative on the day. That That's our approach overall. And maybe sometimes we should get maybe a little bit more interactive. That was one of my takeaways from that behind the scenes is like, you know, the groom is has his mouth open. He's just like yeah, talking the whole day, and I was like, maybe I should have like had him not do that. <laughs> maybe I should have had him like just be like, hey, you know, look at each other and don't talk for two seconds, and and I'll get a couple more mm-hmm. um, uh, flattering shots mm-hmm. uh, to you. But generally, that, that we're going to be that very is within your ethos. Is like you yeah. want them to look their best. Yeah, but yeah, at the definitely. same time, too, I I think the big thing for me is just I don't want to ever disrupt the timeline. Yes. Because A, there's other vendors involved, like a band or a guy. Literally, it could be a coffee cart later in the night. Like, the more, every no, time I'm like t- causing totally. a buildup, it's like a traffic jam. But in the that's wedding. why right. it's imperative that the level of trust you have with your event partners, right? Like, how many times have we been on site together where you're like, Kristen, I need five, I need an extra five, or whatever it may be, and yeah. we make it happen? Is it's constant communication where we're working together to ensure the success. And what I love about you is you're like, we always have to be like a couple of steps ahead of you, which is true. Like you always have to be, you know, even getting, moving over to the church before we are so you can get the ceremony lighting, all of that in in place. Like we work through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would also say like, we ask a lot of you probably um, of like, hey, I was reading through the schedule. What do you think if we, Jason especially likes to do this. Like, what do you think if we grab them and do this very specific type of shot? Like we bring them into the room, we have them to ourselves and we get a couple shots. Um, I would say that deserves a little bit of like build up and build of trust. Like, I don't think it should be something necessarily you, you're asking a new planner that you're working with right off the bat. No. Because you don't have that trust You have yet. to believe that it's actually gonna be 10 minutes if I tell yeah, you 10 minutes. Exactly. And, 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 that is something that again the level of trust because I need them back in ten minutes. Yes, but if I say go have at it, take ten minutes, like great. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I was. What I was gonna say was, um, when you think about like someone's schedule, like it's really not about us or the photographer or anyone. No. It's not even just about the couple. Like it's a like the guests are important too. They sure are. Like they're showing up and they're like, we're sitting here doing nothing, or the food getting cold. There's so much. Like, I think the big thing, Kristen, is like, do you see this a lot? Like a lot of people who try to get into the wedding industry, they know their discipline, or at least they they try to know their discipline, whatever it is they do. They don't understand weddings. 
they don't understand the pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to consider. So as planners, and again, I'm not trying to plug myself, but we have to manage we're managing not only the schedule, we're managing, you know, anywhere between 12 to 15 vendors, their schedules, and then the couple, and then all of the guests. So we essentially, you know, coming in with a solid team, and I'm so grateful that I have such a rock star team, um, two of which, you know, out of the five that have been with me since day one, like we are in sync. So we know you're in the room, you're detailing, you're with the groom, you're with the, like, we all have our roles to make sure that those things are managed. The other thing I'm very cognizant of is you talk about this downtime, right, for guests. There's two periods that I find this to be the most critical. It's just before ceremony. So I'm a firm believer you start ceremony between five and seven minutes after the published time. No later, no earlier. Any guests who are arriving later, we hold off and we can let them in once the couple has gotten down the aisle. The other piece is right after dinner, right? I call it the food coma where people have eaten. They don't know whether or not dessert is being served or if they're supposed to get up and start dancing. The second I start to see the energy whittling in any (laughs) shape, way, or form, we fire it up, whether that's toasts, whether or not that's formal dances, but we get the party started. That's so important. That's for the guest experience. Exactly. Yeah. I think something that I've always tried to do when working with you and, and, you know, other planners is like, I think we understand really well how many things are on your plate. Like, all we have to do is film the wedding. Like, and most of the time, people aren't bothering us. Like, we're just kind of in our own world. We're filming. Um, I always want to be conscious of, like, Kristen's doing a lot of things right now. She's talking to, like, three people in the back room. I'm not going to ask her a question about my lighting right now. I'll wait and see, like... um, (laughs) Or if, like, you want the vegetarian meal. Like, can we talk about that later? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, And and I think that's hard for a lot of people to just understand if you're not in this world, if you're shooting backyard weddings, if you're, you know, in the barn or whatever. You know, literally, you can do whatever you want. You You absolutely can. Like, take it to the sunset. There's not anything going on. People are just drinking Coors Light, you know, watching the cow, the sun go over the cows, you know, in the background. Like um, when you're working at downtown Boston wedding, there's so many more pieces to the puzzle. And I think that's really important as you kind of work your way up into these big ballroom, big, you know, four star, five star, you know, hotels um, that, that, you know, there's a lot more going on than you even probably know about. So, yeah. um, Last question. How much do you just love it when uh, creatives don't look at your timelines? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here, Jason. I think for the first few months that you and I were together, like you'd send, I'd send it to you, and you'd be like, "I'm not looking at a 25-page document." <laughs> I have tightened it up a little bit. I, I have definitely tightened it up a little bit. Um, and really, now I'm just I'm, I'm bullet pointing what what's really pertinent information that you need to know. But a lot of that is happening behind the scenes and conversations. But yes. What people don't understand is those production schedules take us like eight or nine hours to compile, and they are thoughtfully planned. It's not like I'm just putting together a timeline and saying, here we go, like, let's hope it works. It is meticulously planned based on what the couple wants and needs during the course of their day. So it's really helpful when vendors, even if you just brief it, I mean, now you come to me with questions, which I love. Because I'm like, I love oh, it. you read it. Because it's just like, I, I create my abbreviated version. I don't know, need to and know what fine. time tablecloths are yeah, arriving. Yeah, exactly. I think it will inform the questions to ask. Sure. Like, it's like, oh, well, okay, this could be an issue. Hey, what about these two things? I also list all the key players now. Like yeah. on page three, you have a list of all the key players, which is important. Yeah, well, so hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you enjoyed it. Kristen, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. Um, you know, I always encourage... Like, 
you know, for for if you're out there listening, you get your get a Kristen, get your own Kristen, <laughs> not mine. Um, but but get planners who you trust, who you enjoy working with, who help you make good work. I yeah. think that's how I always look at it. Like I would hope that you would view us and say like what we're doing for you is helping you grow and helping you cr- promote your business and helping you sure create does. a great experience for your couples. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel the same way about what you do for us. And so I think that's what the opportunity is for filmmakers. And, and it's also fun. Like you, the way that you work makes me want to do more weddings. Thank you. Doesn't make me that's want to do less. That's a compliment. Thank <laughs> it you. It makes me actually want, like, I feel invigorated, encouraged, energized by doing weddings with you. Thank you. finding a good planner um, who's, A, awesome at their job, and you don't have to figure out extra things. You make our job easier. We hope we make your job you easier. You certainly do. Um, and, you know, have fun along the way. Weddings are fun. Yeah. You know, it's really the coolest job in the world. Sure. So, it's literally a party. You go to parties for work. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. So it's fun. So thanks for coming on. And uh, thank you so much. And where can people find you? Uh, my website, uh, kkerkorianevents.com or on Instagram at kkerkorian weddings and events. Nice. I know it's a mouthful. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. So um, definitely check it out. And um, if you enjoyed that podcast, give us a little review. Um, check us out on YouTube at the Wedding Film School Show or our main channel. We do education, gear, all that stuff. Wedding Film School, TikToks, Instagrams, all that stuff. So thank you guys so much for checking out our show, and we'll be back next week.